Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So last week on the show, we spoke about residents' rights in assisted living facilities and who to call to get things fixed. But what do you do if you suspect something is, is wrong, like at home? We know that many of our listeners are family caregivers, and they may depend on siblings, friends, or other family members or paid caregivers to provide in-home care for their loved ones. That level of intimacy can have many benefits, such as a closer bond between caregivers and their loved ones, or allowing someone the comfort of aging in their home. But in some cases, the stress and resentment of being a constant caregiver can lead to some to lash out harmfully and a care recipient might not be able or feel comfortable calling for help. Then what do you do? So today we've invited Rachel Portnoy, Community Engagement Specialist with Texas Adult Protected Services. Rachel is here to educate us and help us identify the warning signs of abuse, neglect, or exploitation of older adults, and how the APS, that's Adult Protected Services, APS, can intervene and help, and what we can do to help spot and prevent elder abuse in the future. Coming up on Prepare to Care. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So adult protected services, that sounds like children protected services, but for, is it like mostly older adults? Yes, so Child Protective Services and Adult Protective Services are part of the same uh, department, the Department of Family and Protective Services. That's our umbrella organization. Adult Protective Services investigates abuse, neglect, and financial exploitation of the elderly, which we define as 65 years or older, or an adult that's under the age of 65 but suffers from some sort of disability. It could be a physical disability or um, a developmental disability, but they are going to be over the age of 18. So uh, how does that stuff ever happen, right? Abuse of older people. Um, You know, in the introduction, we, we spoke about stress. I think I've seen some cases sometimes on the news. Like, is it like a typical kind of, case, warning signs, what does it look like? So uh, we investigate the abuse, neglect, and exploitation when it is perpetrated by someone that has an ongoing relationship. So it could be a family member, a paid caregiver, a neighbor, a friend, someone that they have a relationship with. So when we see physical abuse or verbal emotional abuse, Nine times out of 10, it's a family member, and these are dynamics that have been going on way before we came into the picture. I see. Yeah. Not unlike what happens with children. Exactly. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So so you said typically they're like family dynamics, mm-hmm. people get upset, or they've been longstanding, I guess, feuds or yeah. things going on in the family. Um, what, what we really see a lot of is individuals, um, elderly individuals, you know, that generation um, actually did pretty well. They saved, um, you know, you don't buy a house until you can afford to buy a house. You don't buy a car until you can afford to buy a car. They might have pensions, they've got their social security, 
Um, and you've got this younger generation that hasn't done as well. Um, and they come home, move in with grandma and grandpa, move in with mom and dad to quote unquote, take care of them. And really what they end up doing is mooching off of them or um, neglecting their care, abusing them to um, live for free. We see individuals that maybe what they really need is nursing home care. What they really need perhaps is assisted living. But uh, uh, if they go into a facility, then the family member won't have access to their money anymore. So they're keeping them at home, but they're not really taking care of their needs. They're not really paying for um, maybe the special lift that they need or the special ramp or the grab bars or the special diet. They're um, um, really neglecting their needs so that they can live a lifestyle that they want to live. That must be difficult, though, right? Because you're talking about mostly, you say, family situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so here I am, a family member. Maybe I'm the sister who who can show up only every two to three weeks, and I suspect something is going on. That's pretty hard to pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, I'm suspecting something. Is that what people do, or they generally try to resolve things on their own first? Um, we, we get a lot of reports. In the state of Texas, last year we had... Um, uh, over 85,000 validated cases. What? So this is a, yeah, this is a huge issue, but you're absolutely right. It's easier said than done to pick up the phone and make a report. There's concerns for a lot of reasons. One, what if I'm wrong? What if, what if that isn't really going on? I don't want to hurt someone or ruin a relationship. You might be fearful for yourself. Um, if they find out that I made a report, is there going to be retribution? Um, a lot of times people don't want to get involved. They think this is their life. Uh, I don't want to get involved. They may even talk with the alleged victim and say, I'm really concerned about you. And the alleged victim brushes them off and says, oh, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. Because what we see is when it is family that is the uh, the abuser, at the end of the day, that's still their baby. At the end of the day, that's still their loved one. And they might want the abuse to stop, mm-hmm. but they don't want them to get in trouble. They I don't see. want them to go to jail. But what we tell the community is it is not up to you to do the investigation. We're the professionals, we're the investigators. You don't need to try to figure out what's really going on. We're gonna do that. If you have a gut feeling, if you suspect that something isn't right, make a report. You can do so online or you can do it by calling 1-800-252-5400. Every report is confidential. However, you can make an anonymous report. So you don't have to give your information. I see. Yeah. So someone literally, they just pick up the phone and say, hey, the, the, I guess what you have to do is like at least know the name and the address of the correct, person, correct. right? Yeah. And give some basic facts. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so you say 85,000 cases where you, you for sure said, yeah, something was up. Correct. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a huge number, yeah. Now, what percentages of cases, uh, you know, get reported and, and, you know, out of all of those that are reported, it's like 50% are rejected or? Um, it, um, it depends. I, do, I, um, I wish I had that exact number for you. Um, it's less than 50%. Um, okay. Um, I want to say we had about 100,000 calls. And so oh, wow. 85 thousand were validated that's a lot yeah i don't know i, I i'm not gonna i can't do the math let's right say roughly 80 yeah. percent or whatever it is yeah or valid. but so 
is it your impression that when people call, digitally, it is serious? Yeah. When people call, they usually know what's going on. Now, a small percentage of those cases are, um, let me back up. Sometimes we validate that, yes, abuse or neglect is occurring, but there's nothing we can really do about it because maybe the individual clients have the right to make their own decisions we're I dealing see. with adults they have self-determination okay and if they understand the consequences if they have capacity they know what they're doing we have and they don't want our services they don't want our intervention they don't want help um there's nothing that we can do we, we would have to close the case and we see scenarios that are just messy family situations you know sibling rivalry maybe there's three or four siblings two of them get along two of them don't one was from mom's first marriage. One was dad's favorite. One lives at home down the street and is really involved. The other three live out of town. So everyone has their own opinion of what's going on, what's best for mom and dad. Um, and you get involved and uh, uh, there's really no right answer of, of what needs to happen. I see. Yeah, I see. And then at the other end, do you ever find cases where you're like, oh, we get we need to get this person out of here? Absolutely. There are some very, very, very serious cases where we need to remove someone from their home. And we don't like doing that. We don't like to take people out of their home when, when people should be able to um, age and live their life the way that they want to. But we've seen cases where we go in there and um, <clears throat> maybe they have um, in-stage renal failure, serious diabetes, and um, they haven't taken care of it and um, their legs are gangrene and there's maggots and we need to get them out of the house and in a hospital immediately. Right. So we have seen some serious cases like that. Or some serious cases where maybe a client is severely mentally ill and they're really unaware of their surroundings and there's a hole in the roof and a rat infestation and there's no way anyone can live in that home anymore. Got it. And so these are like emergency situations. Absolutely. Those cases, in a sense, are very clear. It's Absolutely. like this is clearly an emergency or maybe, you know, there's some claims that are clearly not emergencies or are not abused. Yeah. I'm guessing that a lot of your work is the in-between. Absolutely. Making a determination. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of people, like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking sometimes, like, it must be really hard if you witness something mm-hmm. and you're like, I really don't know. Like... It's not my business. Yeah. Maybe it's a, I saw my neighbor yelling at his, you know, my elderly neighbor yelling at his elderly wife. Should I get involved? You know, yeah. are there some guidelines that you can offer, like some things to watch out for? Well, um, you know, uh, absolutely. Um, we used to live in a society where everyone was involved in everyone's life, right? You know, it takes a community. And so you might know more what's going on. And in this day and age, it's so important for us to be independent and, and, and stay on our own. And so um, sometimes it's hard to get involved. But what I tell people is, um, have you seen a change in this individual? At one time, was their front lawn mode and that you saw them walking down the sidewalk to pick up their newspaper and they're not doing that anymore. And when you do see your neighbor, maybe um, they're disheveled. They used to always have, you know, a clean ironed blouse and now they're dressing differently. Is there an odor emanating from the home? Um, did they have a flat affect? Do they look depressed? Did they just lose a loved one? Um, losing a loved one can be... Um, 
um, a real uh, pivotal moment um, as we age where things really change. Did someone all of a sudden move in with them, a family member that you've never met before? Um, are they struggling with paying the bills all of a sudden? So there are certain things to look for. As we age, our bodies change. So it's we bruise easier, we have skin tears easier, um, we're not as um, sturdy on our feet. So um, uh, you might see someone with a bruise, a broken hip, things like that. That could be that abuse is occurring. Or it might mean that they're ready for a walker now. We need to install grab bars in the home. Um, maybe um, there's too many area rugs or small dogs, <clears throat> excuse me, where um, there, 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 there's some fall hazards. So those are some things to look for. So really, I mean, the, the, the key is to know who you're talking about and yeah. to watch out for changes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think one of the one of the scary things for a lot of us is that I'm thinking about it. My parents are in France. Eventually, they'll have a caregiver. I'm guessing, you know, like what do you do when it's a caregiver that's a third party that comes to help them? Like, how do you deal with that situation to make sure your loved ones are okay? So, um, when you're ready to hire a caregiver for your family. It, that's a, a really scary choice because you want to make sure that you've got the best person in there for them. And we've seen these stories on the news where, you know, someone went to care.com and they got this individual and they were, a, they, I think there was a nanny cam in the house and they I were hitting that. that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that story. So um, I think it's really important to make sure that a criminal background check is done um, and that you get good references. But something to keep in mind. Um, I don't know about every state, but in the state of Texas, definitely, if we validate that, yes, you were abusing your mother, um, you were financially exploiting your mother, that, even though we validate that, yes, that's happening, we'll send that case to the police. We'll send that case to the DA, but it's up to them if they choose to prosecute it. It might not be a strong enough case for them to prosecute. I see. So if I do a criminal background check on you, it's going to come up clean. Mm-hmm. So in the state of Texas, we have what's called the EMR. It's the Emergency Misconduct Registry. What? I would encourage anyone to Google that and look that up and check that individual on that registry as well. Because we'll put those people's names on that registry. Because what people will do is they'll hop from home health care company to home health care company. And um, if you don't look on that EMR, you're not going to know if Adult Protective Services um, validated that you neglected or abused someone's care. All right. Tell us. Is that like a website? Yes. Um, so Google, what do we Google? Emergency? Emergency Misconduct Regist- Registry, and right. it's through Health and Human Services. So it's anyone who had a complaint lodged against them. The, the you found some ground that maybe there was some validity correct but that doesn't mean there was a legal action taken correct but that's not a good thing right? exactly yeah that's super helpful yeah and and that's information and not many is, people don't know about yeah. that exactly and yeah. that's open to the public i believe so okay i believe so so okay so that's something to investigate yeah, yeah. all right thank you um <laughs> Anything else? You know, what, what, what can we do? So what can we do in the fi- family dynamics to maybe prevent elder abuse or, or spot it? Or? Well, if you're a caregiver, I think what's really important is being honest with yourself if you're capable of taking on that role. Just because you've got a family member in need 
doesn't mean you need to feel obligated to be that caregiver. Um, that's a huge responsibility. It's an extremely stressful um, job. And if you don't have a great relationship with that individual, then you might not be the best caregiver. And we do see that where children were abused by their parents and then 40 years later, they're their parents' caregiver. That's a really hard role. That's a really hard role. Um, uh, If you are caring for someone and uh, it gets to the point where they need more care than you can give, it might be time to um, bring in other individuals who can help out. And sometimes you feel like you can't bring in other individuals because you might not be able to afford it financially. You can always call 211. That's the info and helpline through the United Way and say, you know, my family member needs some help and you can um, get information on services that the community has, resources that the community has. Okay. Um, Adult Protective Services can come out and um, help work with the family. We provide a lot. We can um, help pay um, electricity bills, um, rent, mortgage, um, different services for a certain amount of time while you get back on your feet. Wait, wait, Um, wait. wait. Let's stop right there. So it's not just like you're intervening when something terrible is happening. When abuse and neglect is occurring. So so if we go out there and abuse and neglect or financial exploitation has occurred, even if it's self-neglect. And as a result... As a result, needs, yeah, to happen. needs to happen. We can pay for a lot of those services. Okay. Yeah. So there is help. There is help. Yeah. Um, for people like, it, do you find situations where people are doing things that that they regret later just because they were like at their wits' end? Absolutely. Is that how it happens? Some, yes. You know, it's it's a continuum, and on one end of the continuum, you've got some people who are incredibly malicious, and they're out to just serve themselves. On the other end of the continuum, you've got families that are scared, uneducated on on how to do what they're doing, and are at a loss, and they're making poor choices. I see. We see that. Um, they call it the sandwich generation. I'm taking care of mom, but I'm also taking care of my kids. I move in with mom to help take care of mom. I'm working two jobs, just going through a divorce, trying to take my kid to after school program, you know, all these things. And they can't do it. And dad has Alzheimer's. He's wandering. I'm going to lock him in the bathroom while I go to the grocery store. That's not meant, that's not intentional abuse. Right. But there's so many negative things that could come out of that situation. Yes. But that family member might not know that their church down the street has respite care or the Area Agency on Aging has a program. There's different programs in the community that could relieve them so they don't have to lock dad in the bathroom. They could, you know, use a service. Okay. Thank you. That's super helpful. Um, So, now, here's something that, that people could be afraid of, is like the consequences of calling calling you and saying, you know, this or that is happening. And you said, like, what people are really afraid of is I'm going to call on my brother-in-law and he's going to end up in jail. Yeah. Does that happen? Or not that often? For someone to end up in jail, for someone to suffer um, a legal consequence, they would need to be breaking the law and law enforcement would need to get involved. Okay. We contact law enforcement, but unless it's um, an egregious, um, 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 they're doing something that's egregious, law enforcement isn't always going to get involved. I see. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, though, is perhaps if you see the signs, it might be better to call earlier 
yes. as opposed to wait until something is so terrible yeah. that someone get hurt, right? Yeah. If you if you have a gut feeling, if you see signs that abuse or neglect could be occurring, and you're concerned that an individual isn't getting the best care that they could be giving, our caseworkers can go out there and do an investigation and try to work with that family so that they have a higher quality of life. Thank you. So, um, Rachel, that's about all the time that we have today. But before we go, what's your last piece of advice, like the big one you would want our caregivers to know today? That Adult Protective Services, is not, our intention is not to remove someone from their home. Our intention is to give them the tools and resources to maintain healthier in their home. Thank you so much, Rachel. So today we heard from Rachel Portnoy, Community Engagement Specialist with Texas Adult Protective Services. Rachel, again, thank you for coming. Thank you. So guys, to get help from Adult Protected Services, it's better to call than to wait until it's like terribly bad out there. So call, please call. That number is 1-800-252-5400. I'm going to repeat that. 1-800-252-5400. Or you can go to their website, which is www txabusehotline.org www.txabusehotline.org As always, if you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast at iTunes, SoundCloud, or at www.arp.org slash HoustonPTC. Take our Prepare to Care podcast survey, help us improve future episodes, or find other caregiving planning and local resources to help you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for caring.